0: The following talk by Lourdes Pinto was given to the Love Crucified community on January 14, 2021. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to to consecrate the second part of this teaching, which is fear no longer has a hold on them, to St. Joseph because as we prayed the rosary tonight, I thought of the fear St. Joseph had to move through to trust and abandon himself to the will of God in his life. St. Joseph was the protector, the defender, the provider for the Holy Family. What a responsibility. And we ask you St. Joseph to to really provide for us the graces that we need to to move through our fears, to provide for us the graces we need to grow in a more perfect love so that the divine love that lives in us will move through all fear. Amen. Amen. So tonight we will continue the teaching and I'd like to begin with Romans 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. And I have pondered my life and how the different stages that I myself and my family have lived through this experience of COVID. And way at the beginning when all of this started, I have to admit that I fell into the trap And of course, my husband and I were in the group of 60 and older. So we were the ones that were being constantly told they're the ones that are really in danger. And, um, and I remember every Sunday, my entire family comes to our house. And we had quite a large family. As you know, we have eight children, four of them are married. Right now we have 12 grandchildren. They all live within minutes from my house. So every Sunday, they all come to our house. So it's about 30 somewhat people at our house. And when this COVID started, I was hesitating to hug my grandchildren, thinking I could get the COVID. And it was actually my grown children, the fathers, that said, Mom, this is ridiculous. We cannot live like this. How can we stop being the family we have always been? And it was my sons that really gave me the wake up. But I realized that when I bought into that fear and I was actually distancing myself from my own family, I fell in what St. Paul tells us, the spirit of slavery. It was a terrible, terrible feeling and way of life, of living. And the moment I saw it and God gave me the grace to love, I was able to move through it and really enter the spirit of sonship. And I remember Hector going to visit him and Hector and Yvette telling me, you know, I can't live like that. And we all know that if, Anyone is greatly in danger is Hector because his body is very weak with his paralysis. And he said, I can't stop hugging my son and my father and my niece and nephew. I can't. I refuse to live like that. And he did it. He did not fall into the spirit of slavery. And he did our brother did get COVID and Yvette got COVID and they have moved through it and thanks be to God they are okay and I know that we have prayed in this community for souls in your families that have not been okay that have actually passed away yet even that cannot bring us into the fear of entering a spirit of slavery where we stop loving. And the image that keeps coming to my mind in all of this is Jesus, the Son of the Father. And in Jesus' times, there was the, the, the great uh fear of um what's it called? Leopardy. The leprosy, thank you. And everybody stayed away from leopards with the fear that they would get it. And there was this distance. Even families stopped being close to their family members that got leprosy. And what does Jesus do? He approaches them and he touches them. He loves. And we are victims of love. One, the whole path is to bring us to become one with love. A love that moves through everything to choose to love. So the question becomes, why do we fear? I feel this is so important. I I, I really feel my community, that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to go deep into our hearts, to really come face to face with our fears. So that it was the beginning of this whole series that I've been giving you, the words of the Lord. To allow the Holy Spirit to pierce through our lies, through our fears. So we have to come face to face with our fears. And the reason why I wanted you to focus on chapter four of this teaching is because in chapter four of the path, we deal with the lies. And in this community, we have come to know the lies that are associated with the wounds we have received. But the lies are also connected to the fears. They really go hand in hand. For example, one lie is that's also associated to our wound can be I have to be perfect to be loved, and there goes the whole disorder that many of us can have of being perfectionist. And there is a deep-rooted fear that's associated with that lie, and the fear is making a mistake. Because if I have come subconsciously to believe that I have to do everything perfect, I even have to be this holy, holy person to be loved by God, that is a huge lie. Then I am going to have to be, do everything perfect also spiritually. Because the, and there is the fear that God will not love me if I am not, quote, holy enough. We can have the fear of going to purgatory. This was a fear that I dealt with with Monica when I was walking with her through her last stages of cancer. And I think this is a fear that many of us have. And if we look at that fear, it's really connected with again a distortion and a lie of who truly god is we have not come to know many times the truth of who god is a few years ago after giving a love crucified retreat in mexico a consecrated woman called me and said, "Lord is, the Lord is, is asking me to be his victim soul also, and I want to respond. But she said to me, I am so scared to say yes to be his victim soul, because I am too scared that God would ask something too difficult, too hard of me. Now, if we look at that fear and go deep into that fear, which I think many of us could relate to at some point in our life because all of us, When God began to move us to be his victim souls, many of us had to deal with a certain fear of what that would mean. And that typical fear of, am I going to be stuck, you know, in some kind of bed the rest of my life? You know, all those things that come up to so many. But what is the lie? The lie is... God doesn't love me. I'm not enough. God is very demanding. The lie is rooted in a falsehood of who Abba is. The origin of this lie is the first lie Satan spoke to Eve about God. It's in Genesis chapter 3 verse one through five. When Eve believes the lie, she doubts the truth of who God is. The truth is that Abba loves us and created us to be happy with him. He has given us rules and boundaries to protect and defend us from Satan's darkness that only serves to enslave us he is the perfect father and a father is a protector a defender and the provider and ava father is our perfect protector defender and provider god desires our freedom to know and receive his love To participate in the ecstasy of his Trinitarian love. He invites us to be one with Christ the victim, not to squash us and make us miserable in suffering, but to set us free, to experience pure divine love and to participate in love so that we can experience true fulfillment and joy in this life and its fullness in heaven. This is the truth. This is the power of God to cast out fear. There is a fear we all have to deal with it is the fear of suffering and death and I think that is a fear that has really come to the surface in this whole pandemic the fear of getting sick the fear that if I get the COVID, I could die, or a family member could die. That's a real fear. That is a fear. And I don't think there's anyone, maybe very few people in this community that haven't had to process somehow or other through that fear. The problem is, if we don't face that fear, then Satan controls us with that fear. But if we give that fear and allow the Holy Spirit to enter that fear, then he sets us free. I want to go a minute to section 3b in our pack which is called Bridging the Gap on page 130. Because as I pondered this teaching again, I remembered this section of the path today. And I think St. Paul has a lot to teach us during this time of everything that's happening in the world and happening so quickly this section of the path is called Saint Peter followed at a distance and it says in this first page that when they arrested Jesus and took him to Caiaphas to plot his death in Matthew chapter 26 verse 58 it says Peter was following him at a distance. Now, at the Last Supper, in John chapter 13, verse 37, Peter says to Jesus, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. So what happened? You see, Peter, I love to meditate this because it comes home to me. Because Peter is so human. He's so much like us. Every single one of us in this community have a profound, deep, passionate love of Jesus Christ. And so did Peter. When Peter says this, it's at the Last Supper. He's been walking with the Lord for three years intimately. Yet, his love was not yet fully perfected. And the fear of suffering and death was still too great. So when they come, he's not able to lay down his life with the Lord. At that moment, when the persecution comes, Peter runs away. The fear of suffering, the fear of persecution moves Peter to run away and then not only to run away, to deny the Lord three times. God the Father has powerful words that are in our our path to St. Catherine of Siena about Peter's imperfect love that we too have to take to heart. On page 131 of our path, it says, These are the words of God the Father to St. Catherine. It was with this imperfect love that St. Peter loved the sweet and good Jesus, my only begotten Son, enjoying most pleasantly his sweet conversations. But when the time of trouble came, he failed. So disgraceful was his fall. That not only could he not bear the pain himself, but his terror of the very approach of pain caused him to fall and deny the Lord with the words I have never known him. The soul who has climbed this step with servile fear and mercenary love alone falls into many troubles. We have all had moments of incredible consolation with the Lord where we have enjoyed his presence in prayer, where we have received the tenderness of his love and his words that have guided us. Peter experienced all that, but it was not enough. It was not enough at that point in Peter's life to persevere through the field. On page 126 of the path, God asks in the message there, an important question. And I want you us, to meditate this question together tonight. The question is this, who will remain faithful during the great and terrible persecution? Who will remain faithful during the great and terrible persecution? When we are confronted, like Peter, of losing our job, of being imprisoned, of being penalized for following Jesus Christ. For remaining faithful to the Eucharist. Will we remain faithful or will we deny Him out of fear of suffering, out of fear of death? On page 134, God the Father continues to teach St. Catherine. God the Father teaches us through St. Catherine. He says, if these souls do not abandon the exercise of holy prayer and their other good works, but go on with perseverance to increase their virtues, they will arrive at the state of filial love. That's important because God the Father through Catherine of Siena is making us a promise. And the Lord himself to love crucified And all the souls in the world that have received the gift of the path is making the same promise. If we remain faithful to the narrow path of the cross, if we remain persevering in living what the Lord has given us, faithful in our daily prayer, in adoration, in mass, Faithful in meditating the Word of God. Faithful in coming in, allowing the Holy Spirit to crucify our desires, our plans. Faithful in receiving self-knowledge. Faithful in allowing the Spirit to make us humble. In knowing our absolute misery and nothingness. And more and more the love of God. Faithful to our covenant to be as victims of love. If we remain faithful, we receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit of filial love. He goes on to tell St. Catherine a warning. God warns her that during trials, many tend to impatiently turn backwards, and sometimes abandon under color of virtue, many of their exercises, saying to themselves, this labor does not profit me. Such a soul has not yet unwound the bandage of spiritual self love. It is easy to let go of our prayer life, especially in moments of great trials. It is easy to feel this pressure of the world. My heart goes out to those that work in the workforce, men and women of this community. It becomes so difficult with the pressures you all receive from your workforce to remain faithful to Jesus Christ through your life of prayer. But my community, even a demanding work work condition life, if we allow the demands of the companies to steal away all our time and have no more time of prayer, we start to lose everything. Because without prayer, we cannot be connected to Christ. If we become consumed in the world, even our work. Even our good works, if those works consume me, where Lourdes has no more time to be before the Lord, to listen to him, I cannot grow in love. And then the fear will begin, because even there, the fear is controlling us. You see, even there, and those are tough decisions, where will I find the time to put Jesus first in my life and have a prayer time when I'm receiving all these demands from work? If I say no, will I lose my job? If I say no, will they hire someone else? These are tough, tough decisions. Of course, we're going to feel fear. If I lose my job, how am I going to support my family? How am I going to support myself if I'm a single woman or a single man? Tough decisions. Yet, God has to be the center of our hearts. And there is always a way. God always finds a way. Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 13 to 20, has a powerful message for the crucified. Verse 13, this is Abba speaking to us, to every soul. For I, the Lord your God, Hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Fear not, I will help you. These words bring to us the reality, the truth of who our Father is. These were the words that gave me that pierced through my fear, that moved me through my fear when I was with Maria sick in Georgia. Believing these words, the tenderness, believing that God truly had me and Maria in our right hands, helping us, gave me all the faith, all the hope, the joy to live that trial. We need to cling to those words. Verse 14, God continues to speak to us in a very special way I find these words are meant for love crucified and all his little victim souls. God the Father again said, fear not. You worm, Jacob. Well, worm is the same thing as fear not, you mustard seed. You men of Israel. Again, look at what God says. I will help you, says the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. But we need to believe those words. It is the worm Jacob, the mustard seed. There was a teaching where I brought a mustard seed from Israel to show all of you. It's so small, (laughs) so incredibly small. The wind will just take it away. That's us. We're nothing. We're a seed so small that nobody can even see it. You step on it. The wind takes it. It's it's so small. That's who we are. Yet, listen carefully, my community. Worms and mustard seeds, but not vipers. Not of the serpent seed. The mustard seed is the seed of God. And the mustard seed becomes a huge, beautiful tree. That is the new Jerusalem. And that is what the Lord is telling us. Fear not, my little mustard seed, for you are nothing in the world. But in me, you are going to become the new Jerusalem my Radiant Church, my Radiant Bride. How does the Lord speak to us? In the message of 2019 that's been the teaching of the Lord for this whole series, how does the Lord speak to us, my community? He says, the mystery of the cross is unveiled The pure and innocent of heart. Its meaning, with its power and glory, is known and understood by my little ones that approach me with sincerity and simplicity of heart. Those that allow the Holy Spirit to destroy. Their plans, expectations, perceptions, desires, enter into the mystery of divine love, the little ones. The path brings us to know our nothingness, our misery. So more and more we can be little, innocent children of God. And then in verse 15, Isaiah 41, another important message for God's victim souls for these times. Behold, God says, I will make of you a threshing sledge, new, sharp, and having teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and crush them and you shall make the hills like chaff, you shall winnow them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the tempest shall scatter them, and you shall rejoice in the Lord, in the Holy One of Israel, you shall glory. the Lord will make us the little ones, the mustard seed, the worm, the threshing sledge. What does that mean? Well, this is what it means. These are the Lord's words to us in 2012. Satan is working to bring forth his new world order of destruction. But my crusade of victim souls will possess the power of God to crush the head of Satan, one with our mother of sorrows. That is the threshing sledge. In our message from the first teaching of this series, on March 26, 2013, look at what the Lord said. He said to us, you will hold tight the sword I have placed in your hands. This is the sword that Satan fears, my sword of righteousness. And then he goes on to tell us what the sword of righteousness is. My community, you have all these messages. The Lord says, my cross is the sword of righteousness. And everyone that enters in it conquers with the power of God. Do you realize that Satan is the one that fears us? We are the sword of the spirit. We are one with Jesus crucified, the sword of righteousness, and Satan knows it. He is going to tempt us to fear him. Because if we fear him, we lose faith. And when we lose faith in the truth of who we are in Christ for this battle, we lose the power of God. And yet the truth is, the Lord is making it clear to us that he fears us. Let us remember, let these words give us courage to move forward. So let us go to 1 John chapter four, verse 18 to 21. Jesus says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Let me stop there a minute. This week, I was talking to a friend, and she said she had a powerful experience, and in this experience, the Lord revealed to her different people in her lifetime that she had wounded and of course we were talking and she went to confession and, and confessed and and I, I asked her well have you thought about approaching these souls that the Lord showed you and apologizing to them and she said I thought about it but I I moved on, and we kept talking, and it was beautiful because she came face to face with her fear, but you see, like a lot of us, that fear, she was not fully conscious of it. She wasn't conscious that. The spirit was moving her to approach those souls and that that fear was keeping her enslaved in bondage. But the moment that fear came up in our conversation, she faced it. And what was the fear? The fear that if she approaches those people, they will reject her. might react in a bad way. They might get angry. They might misunderstand her. So those fears were paralyzing her even though she was not conscious of it. But here comes the power that perfect love drives out fear. The moment the light of the Holy Spirit brought it to her consciousness she received self-knowledge of her fear and she approached her fear she processed it with me and she said now I choose and she said something beautiful to me she said Lourdes I always thought in order to act I had to wait for the fear to go away And and listening to these talks of the community, I realized that the fear doesn't necessarily go away, that I have to move through the fear. And at that moment, she made a decision for love of God, for love of the will of God, for love of her own soul to act in true repentance and for love of those souls to bless them with an act of love she was going to move through her fear to approach each one of those people in her lives. That is perfect love drives out fear. She had to cooperate with the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that happens to all of us. That is why I feel that God is asking us Just as we had to face our wounds, we need to come to know our fears. And in accompaniment, we need to go deep into our fears. What are the lies? So that we can move through them. And every time we, as long as the, what does fear do? It paralyzes us. It suffocates faith, hope, and love. But the moment we move through the fear, we are liberated. The fear no longer has a hold on us. The Lord said to us in 2013 you have this message in this teaching I bring glad tidings to you. The Father has found favor with you, love crucified. You have listened to my voice bringing you out of the desert into life, new life. Be diligent, my little ones, be diligent. For the God of heaven and earth will shake the earth. That prophecy is coming to life before our eyes. The entire world is being shaken. We are seeing all the pieces being put together for the new world order of Satan to take control of the world. But the Lord goes on to tell us, a new dawn is coming upon the earth. You, my holy remnant. Now listen carefully, if you remain faithful during the time of great darkness, we'll see the light of the new dawn rising from the east, persevere, faith and hope bring us peace and joy. I invite all of you to go deep. Where are our fears? Will we be faithful when the great persecution comes? Because in the New World Order, as I was hearing a cardinal from Spain speak today, it was on YouTube. This cardinal was speaking of the New World Order. And this cardinal from Spain was speaking to the people not to fear. And this cardinal was saying, the new world order has their own religion. And you can bet it's not Christianity. Therefore, anybody that follows Jesus Christ will not be tolerated in this new world order. And here comes the great persecution we're moving towards. Will we be faithful? I always, I can't be sure. I feel like St. Peter. There's a part of Lourdes that's saying, I want to be that one to think I'm going to be that martyr, you know. But there's a part of me that has come to know my misery. I live knowing my weakness. And I know that of myself, I would be the first one in fear running the other way. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, and Zilkia's here nodding, okay? i be first. Yeah. Yet, I pray every day now, my Lord, the words of scripture, for with God, nothing will be impossible. I believe that God will grant each of us The perfect love we need to move us through all fear, to not deny him. Yet let us pray and God is asking us, go to those fears. Allow me, allow the Holy Spirit to bring them to the light so that the spirit can pierce through them and love can triumph. So I encourage you to do this work. And I end with the last part of these words from the Lord in this teaching where the Lord says, I wanna give you the whole thing. Continue to enter through the passage I have created for you with the innocent of my little ones. And receive the graces of Ava's love. Protection in maintaining perfect peace. God is promising us continue to enter the passage of the cross. And God will give us the grace of his love. And the protection, you see, the Lord is not telling us I'm going to protect you from suffering. I'm going to protect you even from death. That's not what the Lord is. The Lord is telling us protection and maintaining perfect peace. That is the gift God is giving us. And then he says, and the joy of the saints who live with perfect faith and hope in the knowledge of divine love. Once my apostles received the knowledge of my death and resurrection, they lived in the power of the Holy Spirit amidst great tribulations and darkness. That is where we are now. Fear no longer had a hold on them. And now he brings us to these times. The Lord says, it is the same for you during these times of tribulations and great darkness. He's comparing us to the saints of old. He's telling us, we, if we remain faithful in this path, we are and will be the saints of these end times. That's powerful. That's powerful what the Lord is telling us. And then he ends by saying, my hidden martyrs of love, living in the knowledge of divine love through the mystery of the cross will shine like bright stars during the darkness of the great persecution. Juliana today said to me, Lourdes, while I've been sick, I listened to a teaching from 2014 called Love Cast Out Fear. She said it was so good and in line with these teachings. I don't even remember it, I gave it back in 2014. So maybe that would be a good homework. Let us go back, she says it's in our website, under teachings, it was January 8th of 2014. So let's listen to it when we have a time, love cast out fear. And we end this series, thanking God for the immensity of the love that he has showered upon us, for the immensity of the gift of the simple path, for the immensity of the gift of having each other to walk together during this time of tribulation and persecution. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we open our hearts to you so that you can continue to transform us into love, to be faithful to you. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.